Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Last Sunday, in the first lesson written in Genesis, God was creating in the beginning, bringing forth all of heaven and earth, and all things were good. And he created us in his image and likeness and called us into relationship with him. We would be his people, and he would be our God. He would love us, and we would love him. And we were created in his image and likeness, but we <clears throat> turned away from God. We chose disorder over order. We chose ourselves over God. We desired that which God had chosen not to give to us. And so we turn from God. And we introduce sin and its consequence, suffering and death, into the world. But God did not abandon us. As a loving Father, He sent His Son after us to save us. In today's lesson in Genesis, the story continues immediately after the fall. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Now, it's not that God was unaware of where Adam was. What he was crying out was to his child, What have you done? Where is it that you find yourself now separated from me? Where are you now? Now that the covenant between you and, and me has been broken, where are you? And so from the beginning, God the Father searches for his children. He searches for those who have fallen away. He gave us free will. We chose ourselves over him. But he did not abandon us to our consequences. Rather, immediately, he searches. He calls out to us, Where are you? If we but hear his voice in turn, repentance has already begun. Where are you? And Adam says to God, I heard the sound of thee in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. You see, whenever we sin and we feel the presence of God, we become afraid. We begin to move away from God. We want to hide ourselves because we feel our shame. We feel exposed because of God's holiness. 
we feel our sinfulness. We become cold. We want to hide. So often people will say to me, the gospel kind of makes me feel guilty. Good! (laughs) You are guilty! I'm guilty! (laughs) We've chosen ourselves over God. The guilt we feel is what Adam was experiencing when he heard God coming toward him and he retreats and he hides away. He feels exposed and ashamed. Adam had exchanged a healthy fear of God, which is a great joy that leads to awe. The fear of the Lord means to be in awe of the Lord, to have a heart that is rejoicing in the presence of God. That is what it means to be in the fear of the Lord, to be overwhelmed with joy in God's presence, to be in awe. But when we are in sin, that healthy fear of the Lord turns to an unhealthy fear where we become afraid. We want to hide from God. We are ashamed. We are exposed. We feel so cold. And so Adam says, I hid myself. How many of us have done this? Hid ourselves from God. I have icons all around my house. It's very hard when I'm sinning to walk around my house. Because there he is. And so I will literally find myself at times walking with my head down so that I will not have to look upon the icon. Because the icon is the image of Christ and I am made in his image and yet because of my sin, I want to hide away. I feel exposed. And yet the early church fathers tell us Do not be ashamed that you have sinned. Be ashamed that you don't repent. For in the church, says St. John Chrysostom, you will find not a court of law, but a hospital. We are ashamed and we hide ourselves. And then God says to Adam, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? These words are symbolic of our having turned away from God's word. God is saying, have you transgressed against my commandments? Have you turned away from my word? Have you failed to rejoice in what I have given you? and desire that which I have chosen not to give you. How often I find myself reaching out my hand for that which God has chosen not to give me. We turn from God's word. But when we're confronted with God's word, of course, 
we immediately embrace humility and humble ourselves before the Lord. Yes, Lord, I've transgressed against your word. It was my fault. I did it. I take all responsibility. It's no one else's fault. That's what Adam does. No. Adam, like someone else I know, a man I conversed with today in the mirror, first looks for others to blame. Have you transgressed my law? The woman whom thou gavest me. She gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. He not only blames another, blaming Eve, he actually blames God. Well, we would never do that, right? Blame God for anything that's happened? Oh, but we do, don't we? If we're honest, we are Adam. We blame God, we blame others. We blame God, we blame others. Not my fault. Although I do have to point out, as I pointed out once before, Eve at least did put up a little bit of a fight. The devil comes along and says, why don't you eat the apple? No, God said no. And then she quotes to him the word of God. She actually does for a second try to embrace the word of God. But then the devil says, did God really say that? Well, doubt. See, the devil doesn't come right out at first and say, turn against God. You'd be like, oh, gee, I wonder who you are, right? <laughs> right? He comes and says, did God really say, is the Bible really God's word? Is the sacrament really the body and blood of Jesus? Did Jesus really die on the cross for your sins? And so then Eve, having embraced doubt, then embraces the lie, you will not die. And then she falls. So there was a whole process. Adam just walks up, what are you doing? <laughs> Is that the apple that God told me not to eat? Yep. Here, eat it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Adam. But then he turns to Eve, the mother, the one whom he had chosen to be the mother of all creation. What have you done? Not only to yourselves, but to your children and your children's children. What have you done? You were to be the mother of the living. And now you will be the mother of the dead. You were to conceive life within you. But by conceiving the word of Satan, you have conceived death within you. What is this that you have done? The woman, following the example of her husband, does not take responsibility. She blames the serpent. 
She says, the serpent beguiled me and I ate. That is, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. Before we come up every Sunday morning for Mass, we say uh, these prayers of preparation that have been said for centuries in the church uh, before the sacred ministers enter into the celebration of the Eucharist. And there's a line in the confession that first the priest says the celebrant by himself, and then all who are serving with him also say, uh, there's a, a whole paragraph, but part of it is that I have sinned by my fault, by my own fault, by my own most grievous fault. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, for those of you who remember the old phrase. That is not their fault, not her fault, not his fault, not Rebecca's fault, not Sarah's fault. Christine, certainly not my fault. <laughs> but yes, my fault. By my fault, my own fault, my own most grievous fault. That is, it is only when we take responsibility that true repentance and healing can begin. We are about to enter into a whole season where we are being called to turn around, to hear the voice of the one who seeks us, saying, where are you? He is seeking us from the beginning. He has sought us that, to, that we may return to him to be his children, and he will be our God. I will end today by pointing out the very first prophecy of God's answer to our sin. God's answer to death. We all sang this morning right before the proclamation of the gospel, that beautiful hymn, Rock of Ages. And we spoke and sang of the double cure, the water and blood which flowed from the side of Christ. That is the cure to the disease. The fathers tell us now this is very important. The fathers tell us, where was Eve created from? The side of Adam. The early church fathers tell us that it is no coincidence that Jesus was pierced in the side. And that from his side, water and blood flowed out. That from his side his bride might be created. That is the church. That just as Eve came forth from the side of, of Adam, not that he may rule over her, but that he may protect her and love her and care for her. So the church is born out of the side of Christ. For that water that flowed is the waters of baptism that make us the bride of Christ. And the blood which flows, which cleanses, cleanses us anew from sin, that flows from his side, is the blood of Christ, that partaking in, we may be made 
holy anew. We are created and recreated from the side of Christ, who is the new Adam. We, the church, his bride. And this is found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all cattle and above all wild animals. Upon your belly you shall go, go and dust, that is symbolic of death, death you shall eat all the days of your life. And then he says, Genesis 3.15, God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is the first promise of the cure. If you have sinned, if you have turned from God and from his word, if you have blamed others rather than taking responsibility, if you feel the sting of sin, suffering, and death, here is God's promise of life to you. In Genesis 3.15, I shall put enmity between you and the woman. That is not between you, Satan, and Eve, but you and the second Eve, Mary. The one who shall be truly the mother of life the one who will conceive the word of God, let it be unto me according to thy word, and not conceive the word of Satan. The one who will bear life himself into the world rather than the first Eve who bore death into the world. I shall put enmity between you and the second Eve, Mary. And between your seed, that is sin and death, and her seed, that is the coming one, Jesus Christ. He shall bruise your head, or in some translations, crush your head. That is, in the end, he will have victory over you. He has preeminence over you. He stands upon your head. And you shall bruise his heel. That is, you will strike at his feet that will crush you. This is the promise. Into the midst of sin, into the midst of suffering, into the midst of death, God comes seeking us, crying out to you and to me, where are you? If we hear his voice and hide not as Adam hid, but turn towards his voice, repentance and healing has begun. If we say in humility, Lord, I have sinned against thee, he shall cleanse us in his blood if we do not blame others. For the promise is to us and to our children and to our children's children that the Savior has come to deliver us from sin and death. And he shall crush Satan, sin and death under his feet and his reign shall know no end. Pray for me as I pray for you together we would turn from sin and death and embrace the promise which is ours in Jesus Christ. For death has not come into the world to be the final word, but life himself in Jesus Christ has come. 
And he is now the final word in this world. And his is the word of life and salvation for all who believe in him. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen.